Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Folks, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast slash live show. Solly here. We are live from the Kill House. DJ Pi is here on the ones and twos. Greetings. Phil has won the PGA. TC, people have been asking if you've been suspended. Your suspension has been lifted for this emergency situation. Oh Calling in from remote location, TC is here. Hello, TC. TC, live from the courtyard, Springfield, Philadelphia. Happy to be here. Oh, my God. I It's been like, I, I try to get something like this out on Twitter. Like, it's been 52 hours of, like, wondering if this is going to happen. That I'm kind of numb to the fact that, they just, that this just happened. But we're going to get into all of that. Uh, if you couldn't tell what the, that man who drove it like a stallion. For a while there, it looked like the horse was on him. Uh, <laughs> but for the most part, he drove it like a stallion with the new Epic Speed Driver from Callaway. Uh, it also seemed like he had an, enough of a cushion of a lead that he was lagging putts close to the hole just to make sure he got the Callaway triple track logo in in the shot just making sure you know he's checking the right boxes but if you couldn't tell he's playing he's gaming the Chrome Soft X golf ball uh, something all right so if you go to callawaygolf.com/wow which is world of wonder it's an in-depth look of how this driver came to life i think it was they were saying it was 5 degrees of loft i think it's 6 degrees though something like that just completely absurd what this guy has been doing with the driver um, there's also an interview there with Garrett Pond who fits and builds his clubs. And I try to tell you guys, go watch the, the what's in the bag that he did for Augusta for how his bag comes together for the masters. And if you don't realize how much of a complete and total psycho that guy is, then that video will, will show you that right there. But, uh, CallawayGolf.com for all of that information. Big day for Callaway. I'd say, uh, Phil Mickelson, six time major champion. What the hell? He's a sociopath, man. <laughs> like I watched that, I watched that Masters bag thing, and it was it was one of the most jarring things I think I've ever seen. He said he took. It, I forget what he takes out, like a sand wedge. You never have to hit a full sand wedge or something at Augusta. So he took that out of the bag and adds. That's where he does the extra driver or whatever two wood he wants to put in the bag or whatever. But uh, yeah, holy shit, man! I'm, I'm still. How get- about the putter? How about the putter this week? Like like. Uh, uh, Keith Mitchell had a great tweet. He's like, everybody, everybody's talking about arm lock and 48 inch drivers, toe swing, like, MOI, all, all these different, all these different things. He's just using a piece of st- like titanium or, or whatever. It's, it's made of. Yeah. It's, it's so such, crazy. It's the ultimate flex. It is. And switching yeah. to the claw on the 71st hole for like, for a putt that absolutely needed to go in was only one man is capable of doing that. Yeah. Just sneaking that in there. Um, well, so, all right, let's, I don't know how to, where to even start with trying to digest this, but I found the Phil's reaction to it all afterward to be not, not indifferent, but it was just surprising. It was way more matter of fact for a historic moment in golf history than I would have thought. I don't know if I expected more jubilation, more emotion, but did anybody else feel somewhat similar? Yeah, I think that's well said. I, I, we were kind of talking about it before. I, I don't know if anybody, you know, if you guys had watched his, uh, his press conferences and his his kind of meetings with the media all week, but it was super, super interesting in that usually he's so talkative. He's so like, let me explain to you how exactly I just did what I did. I've, I've, I've got all the time in the world. Let me break this down for you. And he was almost very like hesitant to even want to talk about anything. Amanda, yeah. I thought brought it up in a, in a really good way. And the last, you know, the last question 
uh, when everybody's out on the, the putting green, she's kind of emceeing out there was like, okay, you've, you've kind of kicked it down the road here. You know, you, you haven't really wanted to talk about it. You've, you keep saying, like, he even said this on Thursday, like, yeah, I'm on the top of the leaderboard now. Like, great. Like, let's, we're, we're not talking about it till Sunday. We're not talking about it till Sunday. And I kind of thought he would almost like, uh, you know, it, it would be a breakdown, but I kind of think it speaks to, like, man, th- this moment is is pretty massive. Like, almost, it, it's one of those, like, it feels so storybook and fairy tale and all. It's It almost feels, like, so cliche that, like, of course it's Phil. Of course it's on this golf course. Of course none of this makes sense. Like, it's it's almost, like, too big to wrap your head around. And that, that's what it feels like to us. So, like, I can't imagine what it feels like to him. I mean, he's been a parody for not a short period of time, really, with the coffee stuff. And, like, he plays on the Champions Tour. Like, he, you know, I was just thinking about, like, he's going to be coming to Jacksonville in the fall to play in the Champions Tour event. I was like, well, I wonder if that's still on now that he <laughs> just won a freaking he's, major championship. He's the defending champion at, at uh, Big Cedar Lodge, right? <laughs> he's got to play that one then. Yeah, has he won yeah. two or three? We don't have to get deep in the Champions Tour talk, but he's won well, two he or three, either. right? I mean, I feel like it's almost like I don't think it's totally I don't think he let himself get ahead of himself. And then I got the sense that he hasn't even wrapped his head around it yet. Right. right. I don't think like I feel like that's why there wasn't a he wasn't opening a vein or there wasn't some big release to where it's like, he, yo, I just climbed back up like I got <laughs> knocked down off the top of the mountain at 51 years old or 50 years old and I just climbed back up. Holy shit. I can't believe it. And it's going to take him three, four five, you know, days or four weeks to, to kind of figure this out. And then we've got the, we got the U S open at Tory. Oh my God. We got, let's, let's, we'll put a pin in that. We're going to get to that. I see people in the comments clamoring for Randy. Listen, when we scheduled out the pod, the podcast for this week, we did not have Phil freaking Mickelson in the models to be winning on this Sunday. Phil said, Dude, I'm worried. I'm worried. I haven't talked to Randy. I, I texted him earlier. I said, Hey, are you going to make your, t-? he was teeing off at Philly cricket club today at 3 PM in the most, just like poorly planned thing I've ever, ever seen. And I haven't heard from him since. So I think he's totally committed to his round and he's going to be jubilation afterwards. I was going to say he's, he's, he's at a NetJets corporate event, of course, and was unable, <laughs> was unable to, to get there to watch the final round. But I, I will say, I, earn his way into the live uh, show. Randy has an invite link. So as soon as he, if he gets off, I don't, I literally don't know what he's doing, but he could be napping. He could be playing golf. He could be, who knows? He's, so don't he's put this off on, on the us. schedule. In the exactly. comments, do not put exactly. this on us. Direct that at Randy. But yeah. point is Randy's got an invite link in his in his email so if he if he gets done we he could be popping in here at some point we'll see hey I played golf today I I, I figured out a way to make it work mm, that's, you know, Randy, that's so brave of so you. big of you man so Randy, brave maybe you're not as big of a Phil fan as 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 all of us thought exactly so let's unpack that scene on 18 I mean we got a lot of golf shots to unpack we got a we have a lot to unpack let's let's for everyone that loves when I say unpack a lot that's that's for you <laughs> So it was bored. It was like 95% really cool. And then like 5%, like I kind of felt a little uncomfortable with how everything unfolded there on 18. They broke contain. Brooks was not happy. I don't know if you saw this TC Brooks had some quotes that uh, he said, some people was, someone was trying to make a move at one of his knees or something like that. I'll get the direct quote. Um, but he, you know, he's like, he said it wouldn't have been a big deal if he wasn't banged up, but yeah, it, it hurt a little bit because he was so nicked up. Huh? I, yeah, I didn't see any of that. I was, we were heading back from the from the uh restaurant we were at and then yeah i mean brooks you know brooks is an athlete he's got to be prepared for that after a football <laughs> game or after a basketball game people it was a true the band the, the band is on the field <laughs> out there 
You know, you got to keep your head on a swivel. He's going to be the one to bitch about this. Come on, man. We can't have it both ways. No, the quote, the quote is, it would have been cool if I didn't have a knee injury and got dinged a few times in the knee in that crowd because no one gave a shit personally. But if, but if I was fine, yeah, that would have been cool. Which honestly, I'm with Brooks on that. that, Like, I don't, I don't want to be stodgy old man, but like they definitely lost, (laughs) they lost, uh, lost control out there. And like, if I was Phil, I, I would have been a little, I don't know about freaked out, but like just all of a sudden being swarmed by a bunch of like super sweaty, super drunk dudes, like so grabbing was, at you. Yeah, it's not cool. Yeah. There was, there was, there was no, there was no, there was nothing behind them. Like they let the ropes go and then it was a total yeah scrum going forward. It was. Yeah. Uh, it, it was very reminiscent of, and I'm with you. It was 95% fucking awesome. Like it, it this, was, the visuals are unbelievable. And yeah. like that, that, you know, I was trying to like, there's no way to get this out in a tweet, but I was trying to like come to like, what a what a feeling of like following like following a what a rewarding moment for for golf fans for following a sport for as long as we have following somebody's career for thirty years of like there is almost nothing that can happen aside from the cat winning one of these at fifty that can compare to like all of the emotional energy we've invested in one guy if you're gonna pick if it, this would be number two obviously behind Phil of this generation of like all the memories we talked about this last night on the show like all the memories we have of this guy to like that culmination of that walk coming up 18 and even coming up 17. They actually did a great job laying out for the majority of that. And, you know, just giving the, the, the crowd the chance to scream, Phil doing his thumbs up and like just coming together in that moment was just like, man, it makes a lot of golf. That's not that fun to watch, like almost worth it for like the one build up to a moment that, actually happened so many times in golf we get that heart broken like the watson thing and however many other times that that, that stuff happens jimmy walker happens sometimes you got to remember that allegedly and like kevin streelman could have happened today could have and it didn't i was gonna say kevin streelman it was gonna be it was gonna be tough (laughs) streelman comes out and birdies the first two was i i saw you said exactly what was on my mind earlier today which was just like man yeah, this could happen, and he is playing great. But like, we never get this though. Like, this ne- it never actually happens. Like, come on, it never, it never actually happens. And except for the cat, the cow is good. Except for the cat, yeah. except for the cat. Like in the last three years, we got a cat and a Phil yeah. Bajor. What the hell? Yeah, I would have lost that bet. Oh my as, god! As thinking most people would have. Uh, I mean, how about the, like the fact that uh, I think it was Justin Ray that tweeted. Of, co- of course, it was Justin Ray that tweeted it out. Like he was what a hundred and. 179th or 197th or something in ball striking coming into this week, and he was first in ball yeah. striking. Like I think strokes gained T to green, right? I, I, or, yeah, like, yeah. Left, led the field. I'd like insane. to see um, the 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 odds. Like who who was equal odds of Phil? Like imagine there was no one else that was 200 to one. He was what 200 to one to start the week or something like that. Like two or three months. I, I think I, I thought like it was 175 to, to, 175 or 250 depending upon the book. Like there is no chance of anyone else at those odds that could have done something like this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like let's just say George Kutsia was also at those same odds. Like there was a like 0% chance that he was going to win. Like it, Phil is the only person that would be willing that like has the the bravado and the whatever it is to like overcome incredibly long odds. Well, I, so I think we're probably going to repeat a lot of, uh, you know, we've talked about Phil now for, for 72 holes. So we're, we're probably going to repeat a lot of what we said on podcasts and live shows throughout the week. But just to underscore this again here, like the guy's 50 years old. He has been playing horrible. He hasn't had a top 10 in a major since like in, in what, five years? I don't think. I think like 2016, I think was his last top 10 at a major. He's, 
He's over caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, there's he's all that stuff. He outrageous has sunglasses. Like, he, like he's trying to drive. He's swinging out of his shoes, like uh, crazy, hitting it all over the planet for the last five years, basically. He's been he's been talking to the Saudis for like <laughs> yes eight, eight months. There, there's all that stuff going on. And what is even more impressive to me is like what we talk about on this podcast. Every major, every every you know major recap is. Man, there's just so many thoroughbreds. There's there's JT and there's Dustin and there's Brooks and there's Rory and and you know all like all these guys and uh, like Phil beat them all this week and that's that was my point. I think going back to you know Tiger's comeback and and really even talking about Phil all these years now when everyone's like you know I don't know you think they're gonna win one you, you know can they win another one can they add to their resume and it's like man if not only do they have to sync it all up. And, and be so much better than they have been. They have to beat all those guys on the same week. Mm. And like, God, like how unlikely is that? It's just and nuts. D- DJ and it was on a course. Yes. <laughs> yes. That prioritized driving accuracy and like just, just driving the ball. Well, which is feels fucking terrible off the team. Yeah. People are calling for people are calling for me to apologize to Randy. First of all, already did on Friday. Okay, I did it on Friday because I believe my quote was a lot less people are going to listen to that show than the Sunday night show. Very cool of you. Uh, let that live in infamy. Oh, it's going to be one of the worst calls in history. Throw it in my face as much as you want. I will own that one. I still think it was a bad bet. If they were to go replay this tournament right now, I would not take Phil Mickelson to top forty. This is a completely absurd thing that just happened. But you know what? Thinking back says, to says the guy that bets on Jim Furyk to top forty, like oh Jim's a, other week. but Jim is that's like the different. straightest hitter yeah. ever. Like that's a great play. You you know what you're gonna get out of Furyk. But so thinking back though on the last time we had a Phil memory in a major was he played I believe you know something along the lines of the fifth greatest performance in the history the modern history yeah. of majors and didn't get the W. And I remember I, I I remember thinking that it's honestly kind of not something that's top of mind anymore. But I remember thinking like that's such a weird way if that's the end of his major career, such a weird way for him to kind of go out in a way because. It, it just was like not the proper bookend to it. And now we have what I, again, I'm not betting on to win another one. Now we have like the bookend. He has not competed in one. So here's his major finishes since the, the runner up at Troom. Going backwards most recently, T21, cut, T71, T55, cut, T52, T71, T18, cut, T24, T48, T36, cut, cut, T22, T33, runner up. And he skipped the 2017 U.S. Open in there as well, which was wild in itself. Yes, but that's that's a whole other. He thing. went to the practice rounds and then skipped it <laughs> for his daughter's graduation. I will say, I will say. I mean, I think he's got. He'll be Freddie Couples like Redux, right? Well, like he'll he will be in the mix at the Masters for the next eight to ten years. I don't think there's. I mean, maybe on will he though? I mean, maybe on a Thursday and Friday here and there, right? Yeah, like what? Like, like three of the next. Eight masters, he's gonna. But be, he hasn't even done that in the last I eight know. masters. Is my is no, my point. I, I, but he hasn't even contended in the in the you know Valspar, whatever we're talking about. Like he's he's like we're talking about the PGA Championship here. So like yeah. whatever we're, it's totally unprecedented. But I feel like whatever he found here, he can kind of channel, right? I mean, or Pebble. I mean, somewhere like Pebble or going back to Augusta, it's like shit, dude. Like he's got the he's got the 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 strategy now like i feel like he's got the feel and he can go back to that like you know 
It's hard. Let's see. I don't know. I just don't know. Maybe I, that's I, just wishful thinking. But. I get. I just didn't. I didn't see it coming back this way. I mean, obviously that was wrong. So I'll, I'll double down and say, yeah, I, I'm not betting on him going forward. But like that would be really freaking cool if he does more of these. I think that's what's so cool about golf is it feels like, uh, you know, feels like lightning in a bottle that he caught this week. But also, it was over four days and seventy-two holes. Like it, it yeah. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, it's not like you can fake it and win a golf tournament over seventy-two holes. And so, to all both of your guys' point is like, man, do I think he's gonna, you know, just drive it that far and straight again in a, in another major? Like, probably not. You know, but if he goes to a PGA where it's like, I mean, he hit it fucking three sixty-five today. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it's one of those majors yeah. where it's like, yo, blow it out there and like get it as far as you can and and try to wedge it close or hit the middle of the green. Uh, yeah, so, maybe, but like, it, it, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem like, I, I guess what I want to say is like 51 to 55 year old Phil being like the guy who drives it really straight, like doesn't, no, that doesn't seem yeah. realistic. But I will say that I think there was a big advantage for him versus regular Phil, not like versus yeah. the rest of the field. Cause everybody's having this advantage this week, but I think the past Palom greens and they're, you know, relatively flat spots. Like, I feel like he didn't miss a bunch of the four footers or five footers yeah. that he tends to yeah. miss in a U.S. Open or at Augusta where he's like trying to split the edge and then it doesn't break enough and it power lips and it goes seven feet by. Like he does, he, he buried every single one of those this week because he can, they're pretty flat greens and they're pretty like, it's, it's kind of spongy grass, you know? So he was 29th in strokes gain off the tee. Um, for the week, if you take away that one ball that he hits in the in the water yesterday on 13, he'd have been fourth. So, like, that was a minus two right there. Like, he would have gained four shots off the tee. So, yeah, it was a career-ish driving performance for him. Um, but, you know, it's so fun rooting for Phil. Once he's got it off the tee... I feel fantastic. Like he missed exactly. the green. Yeah, I'm like, oh, totally. this is so fun because he gets everything up and down. Yeah. Rooting for that short game is, you know, compared to some of the other players. Like if I'm rooting for Spieth, of course, like I don't, you don't know what the hell's going to happen when he misses in a bunker. It could be he could hold it or he could make double. Whereas Phil's like, yeah, he might hold this or he might just make par. And that was where like with Phil just coming, you know, the fact that he got off the tee, like he was missing on the right side of the fairway, those first few holes. And then his distance control was on too. So like it's not like he was yeah. he was nuking one out of the park. Like the the biggest spot that just confused the hell out of me earlier was when Brooks went for it on the uh he was like two what, like like two eighty five out yeah. and just it was just so unnecessary. And it was like, yo, dude, like this is not the spot to to really press play out of a bad lie in the rough, you know? Yeah, Brooks had Phil and Phil questionable put it, stuff. And, and, and Phil put it in a great spot right there. And like, I felt like that was kind of all right. Like he knew where his runouts were and he knew where, where his irons were going to end up. And he really like controlled that. I think other than the miss on what was that? 13 or 14, the, the 13. part three, which was <laughs> the most like unnecessary. The part four, the one where he hit it in the water. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, it's 13. <laughs> that, that was, yeah. To, to your point, that was like, there were, there were only like two of those shots that really spring to mind for me. It was 18 yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Or was that Friday? When he, he had like nine iron in his hand. Yeah, it was yesterday. And him and Brooks both made those bad bogeys on 18. He had nine iron and just like nuked it like long left over the green and like a bad spot had to make that crazy up and down. That was wild. And then the one on 13 today. But other than that, like, God, he hit his – like, it's obvious, I know, for the guy who won the tournament, but – he drove it awesome. He hit his irons awesome, and he putted great. Like it, it was, it was not a phony 
like fluky thing at all. He just beat the shit out of everybody. Which I will say, he as is, of Friday night, we were saying like this. This isn't like yeah. hold on for dear life, Phil. This is like as dialed in as we've seen him in a long, long time. This isn't unsustainable model in any way. The Corey Connors model ended up being actually very accurate. So yeah. he hit so many good shots from like 180 to 210 yards uh, today. Just like really, really straight. You know, little little bleeders or little little draws that like he was just in total control of the of the six iron, five iron, like, you know, got the ball where it needed to be on the green pin high. It was it was a clinic on that. Do you want to talk a little bit, Solly? We were talking about this a bunch throughout the week. We kept forgetting to bring it up. Does this golf course play easier for a lefty? I have a great I have a theory I want to throw out on this, but before we get there, I I can't think of, you know, easier things to tie into a show than one Callaway into the beginning of the show. And then our next sponsor, which I'm going to mention because it's playoff time. There's big stakes and bigger (laughs) promotions. The DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn five dollars into 200. That's 40 to one odds on any basketball game. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt for the trophy. And if that team wins, you'll receive $200 in free credits. That's right. Pick any team that's still in contention. Bet $5. That team wins. You win $200 in free credits. All it takes to claim these 40 to 1 odds on the basketball team of your choosing is to place a $5 bet on that team to win. Don't forget the DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more all week long. It is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And and if they do, you claim $200 in free credits. That's promo code NLU for a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Everybody's, oh, my God. Everybody's God. just bringing the noise today. You know how much harder Go that is to do jazz. live, guys? That's awesome. That is very hard well to do done, live. Man. Well done. Um, Go Jazz. So on this on this front, and maybe TC, you can... I'm not sure if you got this far along in the lefty experiment to be able to weigh in on this at the top professional level, but... I was just thinking about this. So think about in, in in total theory, right? Let's just say of all of golf courses, half of them favor lefties and half of them favor righties. Okay. Yeah. And maybe that number is 80, 20, maybe it's 65, 35. I don't know what it is. And I don't know what the individual factors are, but let, let's throw those out for the, this thought experiment. Right. So if you're left, if you're a one of three or four of the best left handers in the world, think about the fact that, all right. So if it's a righty advantage course, all those righties got to like duke it out with each other anyways. And those, their advantages all kind of negate each other, right? And maybe you have a disadvantage on those guys in some golf courses. But think if you if half of them are lefty favored, that like you get the advantage over like 98, 98% yeah. of the field. So imagine it could be from day to day too. Like uh, well, Spieth what, said something about the wind being potentially favorable for left-handers. Oh, today or, or Saturday or what was it? I forget. I think he was talking about today's wind. But he was talking it, about today. It doesn't okay. about down the stretch today. Yeah, and, and it like kind of doesn't matter because we got both wins, I guess. But uh, yeah. but like on a certain day, like yeah. it, going into tomorrow, if you're if you're saying like, all right, now if I need to make a charge, the wind is actually better for me, or the way these greens are shaped. Thinking about Augusta, and you know, we, that's well documented as to why that favors left-handers. But if you want to like win a lot of majors over the course of a thirty-year career, wouldn't it make more sense to be doing something like that differently than? the majority of players well, like just as like a really so now you're finally seeing my glowing brain stuff <laughs> right I'm majors man uh, i think it's it's definitely yeah i mean there's definitely a sample size if there's i wouldn't say that 
I mean, it was kind of wild that like it played so drastically different today versus yesterday. We're like that that middle stretch was playing that into the wind today was just brutal. What I mean, that's like six through twelve or six yeah. through thirteen into the wind there, um, and I definitely see it where. You know, I think lefty wise, like there's certain shots, but he was probably like, if that's the case, like it, it couldn't have been that much of an advantage on that many holes, right? It's a, I think it's a very specific advantage on specific holes. Right. I look like early in the week, the one that stood out to me was 17, where, you know, if you're a right hander and that wind is kind of like in off the left, right? Essentially, was it's the one that, you know, very few of these guys are hitting like rope draws. The calc wind. It, it's it's the one that like a lot of these guys are hitting little cuts. And if you you know it, I I remember from uh, yeah the calc wind from the ninety one Ryder Cup podcast where they're kind of saying like it's the kind of wind where if you're hitting a, a three yard fade, it's going thirty yards right. Like it's it's yeah. that wind. And think about flipping that and being a lefty and cutting it into that wind is like such a difference. And it might work. Might be several instances where it works sure. out against right. you. But like just cross those off, and then like for for, for if you have fifty percent of them, you have like the slight advantage in that part. And there's only a small group of you that you gotta you know negate that negates out that advantage. That was like the first time I thought of that was honestly this week. It was just a couple shots were like off two when it was into and off the left. Watching the the righties like just leak into that right fairway and then watching Phil kind of be able to cut one up against that wind was just that was just interesting to me and that's where I think like going back to Augusta like yeah I mean I pulled up his I pulled up his finishes the last like it's not been spectacular since I mean 2015 t2 obviously missed the cut in 2016 t22 2017 t36 2018 t18 2019 didn't play well in the fall and then T21 2021. So it's not like he's been yeah. MCing or anything like that. Yeah. And it's like, yo, like you're beating like Bubba and Greg Chalmers. Like those are the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the field. Mike right? Weir. So, Mike Weir is probably there too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, six left, six lefty championships at Augusta since 2003. Like that, that can't be a coincidence. So, yeah. anyways, that was just a, a, a thought I had. And uh, yeah, gosh, it just, it, Seems to work. He's Solid. six you major champions. Proud of me. I was. We were playing. Uh, I was in Detroit yesterday at Rackham, and I carried two drivers. Mm. And a couple in, holes in honor hit, of Phil. I hit a lefty driver on a couple of dogleg left holes, so I could hold it up against. Oh my god! Because the wind was kind of pumping out of the west, and then hit the righty driver the rest of the day, and it was truly like, man, I am absolutely insane, but this is awesome. If I pull this off. <laughs> Can we? So, I mean, I feel like we need to just acknowledge the fact that really just a few weeks ago, we're, we're hitting stupid right-handed shots with, with Phil Mickelson. <laughs> like, did that look like uh, a major champion that we we're, that we we're seeing that day? Well, 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 Hey, yeah. Like that was the last time he was really in the cauldron. I mean, that was, that was, <laughs> that was the last heat of the battle moment. Uh, yeah. I was all concerned. Like I wanted to, I wanted to do something with driver that week, but it was players week. I'm like, God, like Phil doesn't want to be hitting right-handed drivers. Right. If people don't know this. what we're talking about, we did a YouTube video where Tron's playing lefty, Phil's playing righty, and and doing it closest to the pin. And Phil sandbagged it, of course. Yes. Yeah, and then and then beat my ass yeah. on the last hole, like like and like spun it back. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> he's a true sociopath. He's, like he's yeah. he is a performance artist. He is like that's the thing that that kind of kills me is like he's just he puts all this energy into all this other stuff, and then he goes out and like wins the golf tournament. Like it's, and he know, does he's things. Been a, he's been a sideshow for the last four or five years. Yeah. And he, 
and he goes and does this. It's like, dude, that's incredible. And he does things like, as David W. in the comments pointed out, like switching to the claw grip on the 71st <laughs> hole of the major. It's like, insane. Yeah, it's, it's wild, wild stuff. Um, I mean, gosh, we, you know, he ended up kind of coasting somewhat to to the win by the down the stretch. But what a fucking nightmare back and forth that front nine was! Just a circus oh. act between him and Brooks. I, I didn't know. I didn't like. Have, I didn't know what to like take away from it. Porter had a great tweet of like, "Hey, can we just like pause this and just like play the, the final nine tomorrow? Like, I need like <laughs> some, some time to unpack what just happened there on that front nine. Seriously, and uh, that was as then, as we then, said, that was Louis getting involved. Yeah. yeah, it was just front nine was a total match play situation. <laughs> just two shot swing, three shot swing, two shot swing. So someone in the comments called Louis a professional loiterer, which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> pretty good take. I would I would point him as a professional lingerer, but we can take that, you know, elsewhere. No, he was he was like one of those one of those people that you just bring you just hire for the day to come in and, and flip and the sign. sign. <laughs> He's a hired protester. Yeah. Looking at just looking at the cards, you know, for the week, Phil really won this thing between holes seven and eleven. He he played seven perfectly, birdied it every day, uh, parred eight every day, birdied nine on Friday, and then he birdied ten three out of four days. Uh, another one of those holes that kind of seems to favor a lefty for what and the, where they had that pin in the back left part of the green. Yeah, several times they had it back there like three times, and he was able to get back there. Uh, pretty much every every time it was back there, and then birdied eleven two out of the four days as well. I thought um, 10, 10 was kind of the moment I think where oh it, it sunk in for me where it was like holy shit this is this is like going to happen. Brooks hit that horrible horrible putt. We got uh, Brooks, yeah, one of kind of a few horrible putts, and Phil or, uh, Phil makes that birdie. I mean that was that was a weird moment. I when, mean when that, you when you kind of like you you mentioned it, Sally. I think uh, when you. You switch from like, man, it could this really happen to, oh my god, this is gonna suck so bad if this doesn't happen. Well, now it has to happen, <laughs> yeah. right? Or something horrible has to or has gone yeah, wrong. You're, you're rifling through all the different scenarios. You're like, all right, he could, all right, how is he gonna fuck this up? Yeah, like what what outrageous thing is possibly gonna happen? And it's, and then you kind of start realizing, all right, it's gonna be a double here and a sloppy bogey, and then a par, and then another bogey, and then you start running out of holes, and you're like, all right, there's no, other than 17, if he just straight up chunks it in the water or goes long and then, you know, blades that that flop into the water from from behind the green, it's like, all right, like there's no Vandeveld moment, right? It's just a slow bleed. And then once you kind of tighten the... The bogeys on 13 and 14 left. were, that was the beginning yeah. of it. Like that was, if it was going to be a bad sequence, it was going to start like that. So that was, that was a little bit like the, the veep, like nervous laughter. Like what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> dude, dude, the one on 13, I was just like, dude, like what the fuck? <laughs> that green's that so, so unnecessary yeah. though. It's you know? so narrow. Wind's going that way, right? If I may I say though, kind of rode the wind a little bit. The way he hit it in. It was just a true one shot penalty and you're yeah. putting for par, right? If you totally. bail if you bail too far left and you don't get up and down, you're making five anyways. Like it it wasn't that penal. It wasn't nearly as I think we all had the scar tissue from the day before in there with yeah. the tee shot where he had to re tee, obviously. But it was more or less just like it was like, yo, man, like you got a five shot lead. Like let's not be playing on the edges. Let's be playing the, like let's go middle of the green or safe side here. And I think he was trying to. I think he pulled the shit out of it. But it, it yeah. does like even the best players in the world when they have that. All right, don't go. We're not going right here. The last thought is probably like, oh, let's go right. Um, yeah. 
But all right, we want to talk a little Brooks. Is it time? Uh, before we get there, there was one more thing I, I had kind of just in my notes on Phil, like reading his transcripts throughout the week. I thought it was really interesting. The thing we said last night was we've seen a ton of him talking about uh, – or we, we've just seen a ton of him like not have the stamina for 72 holes, right? And and struggling to like playing a great 18, playing a great 36, and then just like completely cratering. Where Was that at Quail Hollow or he – 63 and then went like 75 74 75 yeah, or something against, like that uh, against damon he yeah was, he, was, he was betting with damon that morning right exactly <laughs> uh he had some interesting stuff where he was talking about like how he was fixing that did you read any of that yeah. where he was talking yeah. about like I, i'm at home now i'm trying really hard to play 36 <laughs> 45 or 45 holes a day yeah. just because it's so hard for me to lock it which of course you guys know i can relate to this <laughs> It's so hard for me to lock into every shot of an 18 hole round that like I need to like overextend myself in my practice so that 18 holes just doesn't feel like that big of a deal. And he was saying it with the meditation stuff too. Like I'm trying to stretch out how long I'm meditating so that smaller moments are are much easier. And I just I don't know. Like that that's the fill I I really enjoy when he does like he just kind of starts talking and talking and talking and then he gives you those nuggets where you're like, holy shit, that was actually like crazy insightful and i i learned a ton from what you just said like that's super interesting so it's good to have that phil i think he um he said a lot yes like both friday and saturday i think especially yesterday he said a lot about visualizing the shots and just you know sitting there and like as he's going he visualizes hitting the shot and everything and that the place that i really saw that today was i can't remember which hole it was but he had like a four footer coming back and that was kind of the putt where I'm like, all right, like if, if stuff's going to go about to go sideways, like he's going to miss one of these like four footers coming yeah. back. Right. And he took like 25, 30 seconds standing behind that ball. And I'm like, Oh God, he's going to miss this. <laughs> yeah. And then he, and then he just buried it. And I'm like, you know what? Like he made, he made the shot in his, in his mind. And then the rest was easy. Can right? I ask a little gamesmanship from Phil knowing Brooks's problems with, with slow play. Are we, Maybe uh, I think it was. I, I think some of this is TV. Like I'm guessing he took that long on yeah. all of his short putts, a and that was just yeah. the one that we happened to see. And but so, like, all the conversations we saw, all the visualization, there was nothing going quickly at all. And I'm sure that's for his own pacing. But like that could not have helped Kepka. I don't think. Also, like Brooks yeah, is I think it was slow just slow as shit like out shit there. Too. Yeah, I think like, it was just really slow out there. Hmm. They were they they were not maybe, waiting on maybe, greens. Maybe Brooks played slow as a as or played played bad as a as a form of gamesmanship too. You know? <laughs> um, Chess stuff. Can we talk about a little uh, some Brooksy? We can come back to Phil because yeah. I think we I probably mean, still have a lot more. Listen, uh, it wasn't good. Yeah, I think we had a uh, we had a full praise session for Brooks. I had great appreciation for him getting involved in the scene this week, uh, despite not having any reason to believe so going into this week, other than just he does this a lot. So. Putting that aside, I think we got. I was I was truly in amaze uh, amazement that he is in the final group, final pairing, and even had the lead for a, a decent amount of the day here on Sunday. But, however, <laughs> if I may however. say, since the back nine at Bethpage, we talked about this on the Bethpage pod after he won. Was like when things started going bad on that back nine, and he was making bogeys, and the crowd kind of turned against him, and DJ was making a run, and the crowd was just kind of rooting for some action, some. It to get close. He looked rattled for the very first time, like a, the first adversity he had faced in a major. Because every time he got yeah, close like to one, over thirteen at at uh, Bethpage. Yeah, whatever yeah. the par three yeah. is, I remember he bogeyed, yeah. and it was like, oh yeah. shit, this is on. And 
since he ended up winning, he ended up closing out. He won by two, but since then he has not won a major and has not played great when the pressure has been brightest at the majors. Like he, when it's been close. To his credit, he possibly you know scholars will take years to figure out whether this is true or not but he did let t- both tiger and phil win their majors that is that could <laughs> so, history could look very kindly on that Brooks we, could have six we do appreciate that yeah. he had a, a shot at harding park kind of fizzled out on that sunday he had a shot at pebble. augusta and in 2019 had a shot at pebble i'll excuse pebble because he was a two-time defending champion sure. and had a great week yeah. and it i think he finished runner-up i think to 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 gary woodland he's three shots back or something like that but this was not a great performance at all, even remotely. And all of the the stuff that powered him through the first three days just did not last into today. And it's hard to say, like, for as bad as he putted, it's hard to really put that on on the knee, right? I mean... Yeah, it's hard. Like, someone in the comments said this, and I hadn't really thought about it, but, like, I don't know if the knee injury stops how much you practice putting. Like, if, if you're constantly... You know, think about how much you're bending, o- your you're bending over and you're yeah. reading putts and all that stuff when you're you're on your feet. Yeah, when you do have a knee injury, so... That could be part of it. I'll, I'll give him some grace there. I mean, maybe he's not as able to practice as much because that's the thing about Brooks is like, like he's a fucking awesome putter. Like the, this is very out of character, right? And the and, eight footers in major pressure, yes, he's usually pretty cash. Like maybe the best that we've seen in in a very long time. And so, uh, I think what's interesting about it, yeah, it's it's tough, man. I don't know. I think putting leaks into so much of how you're playing, right, and momentum and all these you know sports talk radio things that that people like to throw out that when you're not making them, like how do you not mentally press a little bit more? And how do you not, you know, give the tiebreaker? Like, should I go for the middle of the green? Should I go for the flag? How do you not start mentally giving it more to the flag? If you're not, you know, if you're, you can't make anything. And so I, I don't know. I, I can see that leaking into a bunch of different stuff. I think that uh, what I'm seeing, at least just specific to Kiowa, I mean, the other ones I don't like, I need to go look back closer at those, but this one specifically is, I don't think you can, you can't try to force the issue on a Pete Dye golf course. Right. Yeah. Like there's some, there's some awkward ass spots out there. And I think, you know, especially long of greens or short sided or spots where it's like, yo dude, like, yeah, yeah like it's going to take you two chips just to get back on the putting surface here, you know? And there was, there were a few of those. And then where he can make hay down the stretch, he wasn't, he wasn't close enough. He wasn't in a position to force the issue on 16, for instance, you know, it's like, he's, he's too far back. Right. Right. And I think some of that's due to a couple of those putts not falling, but, but, but some of it's due to just careless and sloppy play on the par fives on the front nine. Yeah. Right? And what did he end up losing by three, two, he, three, he, uh, two. lost my leader. He, lo- he finished two back. Yeah. And so I know it's very easy to, to, you know, post round pick out spots, but it's like, he missed the bunny on three. That was like really short birdie. Makes like a really bad double on uh, two, and plays eleven or was seven. Sorry, the the other par five yeah, just he, like horribly. He, and it's he, like, dude, they're, they're, he was four. He was three over on the par fives on the front. Yeah, yeah. Like and bogeyed eleven. And bogeyed eleven. Yeah, his yeah. putt was three yeah. feet three inches on number three. Yeah, and, and awesome chip it. in there. Uh, Hypnos in the comments has a great question. Do you think Brooks looked at that scene on 18 and realized he will never get a reception like that? He tries to act like he doesn't care, but I don't know. That's got to be. I'm, I said, I'm, I'm tired of like psychoanalyzing Brooks. Like, yes, I, you know, I've gone from he doesn't care, but he cares immensely, and he cares, he cares that he cares that you think that he doesn't care. 
kind of thing to, <laughs> yeah. to now it's like, it's like, yeah, like who gives a shit, right? <laughs> it's like, Brooks, just go do your thing. And like, if you win major, fine. And it's not going to elicit an emotional reaction from me, but like, it's not uh, like, I don't really care how Brooks feels other people feel about him. TC, anymore. I need you to hold that thought. We have a guest <laughs> joining the oh thread. I have no idea what his connection is going to look or sound like. Ladies and gentlemen, big Randy. Randy! <laughs> Good morning! Washington! <laughs> what is going on? Are you apprised of the situation? Somebody told me I, I've just a total nightmare of a situation today. Had this golf game plan. I'm out here at very strapped course Philadelphia Cricket Club. Uh, <laughs> you know, they discourage phones. Come off the 18th green. They said, Mickelson won by two. I said, stop it. You're bullshitting me. They said, no, it's true, big fella. He did it. And I'm just in a joyous stupor right now. I can't believe it. Oh, it was a scene, buddy. I mean, it was majestic. It was the shot he hit at 18, the scene, the the crowd falling around. I can't believe you missed it. I truly can't believe you missed it. I had this weird calm about me, though, because I was saying, I was joking, you know, there's only a handful of courses where it's like, dude, Mickelson's maybe going to win a major today. I I don't know. I was like, if he loses, I'm going to feel so shitty if I bail on golf. And I was like, whatever happens is going to happen. I felt weirdly calm today. I I just kind of had a good feeling, and it got paid off. I can't believe it. Cannot believe it. Where does this rank for you on the... Uh... It's the most unbelievable win ever. <laughs> like, I thought the British Open was unbelievable. But this is... Like, he's 50 years old. He's been done for years. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. What? I do want to say, Andy Johnson, fried egg, you know, you can take your Ernie being better than <laughs> Phil. You can take it all away. Get that shit out of here. I don't need that. <laughs> this is an exclamation the second exclamation point on that argument phil's sending messages all all over the planet today all kinds of phil's coming out of the woodwork today i, it, I mean can you guys believe it no no it's it's absolutely outrageous what if you could have had him say any i know you didn't see the uh the post round press conference the trophy presentation if you could have had him say anything call anybody out recap anything and that when he grabs the microphone what what would you have wanted to hear from him <laughs> Come to death row. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I would have. I think. I think poetically, or like an earnest answer would have been almost the inverse of the Wingfoot moment when he was like, "I'm such an idiot." I, I think it would have been the inverse of just like, I like. I'm, I'm, I'm such a savant. I'm such a good golfer. You <laughs> yeah. know how fucking good I I'm am. I'm such a legend. That's what he should have said. I'm a legend. I can't believe it. He, he could have said legend. he could have said six words. Fuck, I'm good. Just ask me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, do you guys even understand how good I am? <laughs> oh, boys. This is this is just magical, just magical. Well, I hope I'm on it, cloud nine. I, I can't wait for you to see the replay. It was. Uh, it, it was anything but certain. It was dead certain. It was it was an entire range of, of human emotions out there today. It's it's the Mickelson. It's the whole Mickelson experience. It was going to go no other way. That's the only way it could have gone. The only regret I have is that he wasn't wearing the glasses that were that were sh- the 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 uh, mirror tint yeah. on him because oh. those would have been just the absolute stunner shades, and they would have <laughs> gotten all sorts of camera shots of like him looking at the hole and. You know the reflection in the 
in those. But yeah, dude, he's like he's all amped up on the gum on seventeen and eighteen too. It was the whole fucking thing, man. It was it was awesome. Somebody it's, it's jo- completely jo- outrageous. Somebody in the comments, Joseph Sakai. If you're tired of your golfer all up in the Corona commercials, all up in the State Farm commercials, <laughs> dancing, come over to Coffee for Wellness. It, it's uh, guys. He, I, I is he going to give back the special USGA exemption? Oh, he's, he's going to for sure roll it up in his back. in Mike Davis's <laughs> yeah. face and throw it at him. Are you Don't kidding me? That. He's going to be shooting spit wads from the back of the media center. <laughs> he should give it to Ricky. Although I guess Ricky's in now, right? That would be sick. I wonder if it's transferable. I don't think Ricky's <laughs> in. Get it to somebody else. Oh my gosh! And Ricky missed gosh. a putt on the 18th green to get in the Masters, and they didn't even mention it, Randy. I mean, he he just. It just it just wasn't supposed to happen, you know. Like, you know, thought? you know what I want to ask. Uh, longtime listeners of this podcast will, of course, remember uh, when he won the 04 Masters. I believe you jumped into the alligator-filled pond. Uh, will, will there be anything? <laughs> Is there anything you'll be doing this evening? Uh, I, I I just might get on a malted hop frenzy. That's the only thing I can think of. Really. Get there's your ass creek. back to the courtyard here, man. Come yeah. on, get your ass back to the courtyard. There's a little creek running down here. I don't know if it's – I might just I might just swim down the creek here at Philly Cricket Club. I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's unbel- It's absolutely unbelievable. Randy, uh, this was an epic drop-in. Thank you. Congratu- let, let me just say congratulations to you, man. I'm so this happy is, for you. This is well done. What a top I will apologize one more time, Big, just for the history books. I, I laughed at your top 40 bet, and that was foolish of me, and I, I will accept any and all any and all grief for that. His approach out in one, the top 40 did not seem secure, but the, oh. he, he quickly settled the ship after that. I, and let me just say, I played so bad at Philly Creek Club. It's the it's the hardest course I think I've ever played. Unbelievable. All right, guys. Thank Later. You. See you, buddy. Speed. Unbelievable. Uh, somebody here in the comments, I'll, I'll get the name here in a second. Said uh, a great one. Did Ricky get dri- Cameron Kelly? Did Ricky have driver of the day? That's possible. Yeah, yeah great drive by Ricky today. I'd say I him mean, or Harry Higgs. Yeah, I was gonna say Higgs. You got to give the drive of the day to Higgs. Did Harry finish uh, bogey free? Might have been the only bogey-free round of the week. He bogeyed. He was bogey-free today. Right? He shot bogey-free 70 today. Unbelievable. First and he got major in, ever. He got in the Masters, right? T4? T4 gets T4 in. T4 and yeah. ties, are, ties and better are, are in the Masters. Padraig Harrington finished tie for fourth, too. Yeah, we haven't gotten to that yet. There's there's a lot to get to on this one. Where did Woodland finish? Woodland was up there. Did he make the cut? <laughs> Woodland, I called your name, right? <laughs> They just Oh my god. god, Woodland Woodland finished T thirty eight. He was on the shit. first page of the leaderboard for like Yikes. most of the front nine. So did Bryson and so did Brandon Grace. Oof. Yeah. Um Yikes. Yeah. I don't know where we were where we were in the, when Big called in there, but I think we kind of put a I think we we're a, talking Brooks. Let, yeah. let me get us back into this. I was talking to uh I was I was talking to Shane Bacon this morning. No big deal. <laughs> uh and he was uh we were talking about Brooks and we're talking about Phil and uh, just going back and forth about a bunch of stuff, and and we're kind of you know revisiting the age old question of like why does you know why does Brooks not do it for people? Why does you know why is this not a bigger deal? Which I, you know it is like if that was close down the stretch, I think that was a you know that's I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. Brooks Brooks would have had a lot more clout than he realized like if if Phil wasn't there. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Let me get back to what I was trying to say. I think with a lot of the other guys, we said this on the show yesterday that like with a, you know, 
Brooks seems to feel like he's in the same category as like the JTs and and Dustin and those guys. When in reality, he's blown those guys out of the water and is, on the course, yeah, yeah, and is not in their same category. And I think what is interesting about that is one thing that Randy said on the show the other night, which I thought was really interesting, which was how much we overweight uh, Masters victories. Like a Masters winner just immediately goes to the top of the the top of the rung, and I wonder how different Brooks's career would have been if he won a Masters first instead of a PGA first, which I think is interesting in itself. And then number two would be with Rory and Dustin and Spieth and all these guys, You, it feels like each one of those guys has like a, a single attribute that you can point at and almost like justify like, oh, that's why that guy's great. Like, you know, 10 years ago when Dustin was blowing it past everybody, it was like, oh, my God, Dustin Johnson, man, he hits it past everybody. He's he's great. Jordan Spieth. Oh, my God. You got to see him putt. It's unbelievable. He's great. Rory. Oh, my God. You got to see him drive it. And Brooks like he doesn't really have that. Right. Like he's just really, really, really good at everything. And I that was Shane put it in a way that was a much more concise than what I just did. And B, uh, just a way that kind of crystallized it, I think for me that or why he hasn't really he, he's not as easy to talk about i guess he just hits these these shots like some of those iron like those high draws that he hits they're just like some of the most ballsy aggressive shots i've ever seen in my life where like like you know 235 yard four iron over a tree with a with a slight draw holding it into a wind and like he just pulls it off and it's so good. And like, it, you're almost numb to it, right? Yeah. It's just, it's, so it's, you never, it's like it's yeah. brilliance or excellence by like brute force. You never you know? see Brooks like in a crazy spot, making a wild swing or like right. making a, a crazy shot shape. Like it's always like very stock cut stock draw right here. You know what I mean? It's, there's I, not like swashbuckling to it. You and know, I kind of feel the same way about Rom too. Right? Yeah. Where and it's DJ like, to, it's just like, man, yeah, they're just like awesome at everything. And, uh, you know, Shane said this morning, not to, to air it out, but he's like, you know, I think like winning might just be his, like, maybe that's Brooks's thing. Like, you know, it's not putting or driving. It's just like winning. And uh, it was, that made it, it, extra, was, it was. Yeah. And that's what made it extra weird to, to watch today, I think. Right. Like everybody expected him to, I think, especially after you saw how number one played out. Right. Like who didn't think it was over after Phil makes a just gross bogey and 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 brooks makes it effortless birdie on Super one gross bogey. Like, like so who, unnecessary who didn't think it was over at that point and so I, it's i don't know i know he's he's had the injuries and hasn't had the prep probably that you know he's probably doing it more on uh just like pure adrenaline and and like being the baddest guy out there than he is like actual prep and and form but uh it's uh, a concerning trend i guess i'll say this on the putting like Again, not to take things back to Jack's Beach here, but like when you get off on past Palom, like every little putt is uncomfortable. Like the three footer comebackers are like, dude, I don't know how I'm going to get this in. But like when you're on on past Palom, like the cup looks enormous. And I just felt like he was never comfortable putting on those greens. Like he just never, the ball, the grass grows straight up and the ball just kind of wiggles a little, little bit on that line. And the cup just feels smaller on past palm grass. And I don't know why, I don't know if it's the cup edges or how the cup, you know, the ball just doesn't want to fall in on edges nearly as well, but you get off on that. It is not surprising to have a, a struggling week. And a lot of guys really <laughs> did have tough weeks on those greens. I think some of it on past palm comes back to, how much you hit up on your putts versus how much you kind of hit into it. And if you hit into it a little bit, like it, it'll wiggle even more or it'll, you'll really struggle with your speed because it's so sticky up there from the front. 
Also so, the stickiest. Yeah. Um, God, guys, I'm just going through the, like, I'm getting ahead of myself and going through the U.S. Open future venues. Like, I don't love him at Torrey, and I don't love him next year at the Country Club. But are you talking about Phil or are you talking about Brooks? Talking about Phil. Okay. 20, 2023 at LACC. Like, that place that's, that's feels interesting. really good for him. Pinehurst feels great for him. Like, yeah. those two, I'm bookending those is like, Phil needs to shut it down, quit playing senior <laughs> tour stuff for six months before that stuff and just get in the lab, you know? I mean, Phil's won, Phil's won how many times at Tory though? Is it just the once I'm looking? Um, I'm trying to go through his, his career wins here. I know he won in 2009, it looks like. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, it might just be once. Um, Played it a lot. I know. That's why I, I don't know why in my head I had you know, that he plays well at Tory on my mind. I um, think it's just the hometown thing, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. San Diego. And, you know, and I think it's it just doesn't, I don't know, it, it just doesn't seem like somewhere that I can imagine him getting in a great spot off the tee, right? Or it's just, it's going to be a struggle off the tee there for him. Yeah. He, I, I don't know if anyone, it's, it's going to be a, I think the Bryson thing is going to be interesting to watch because I think it's going to be thick, rough, and long and narrow fairway, right? I would think so. I don't see any other, uh, he won in 2000 and 2001. So it's admittedly, and in 93. So it has admittedly been a while. Um, but yeah. And so. you've got rounds on the North course in there too. True. That's yeah. true. Which he redesigned. Um, yeah, shout out to, I mean, we, we touch on there, but Harry Higgs, holy shit, man. It did not, that was his first major championship, uh, shooting even, you know, shooting two under par and finishing T for four boatload of cash and a bunch of other major exemptions. That's freaking incredible. So, and, uh, you know, we got to mention, I forgot that, uh, his brother also uh, qualified for the four ball. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, he he had to withdraw, and uh, he probably a good decision. I think yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly what he made this weekend, but that's probably the right move. Um, he was he was supposed to play. With, he was supposed to play with my guy Park Ulrich out in the four ball, and they, Park was going to go play the stroke play by himself and see if he made it to match play. But they ended up withdrawing. But yeah, Harry, uh, I texted him last night. He had he had some really cool stuff that he said about his brother. Like he's like, hey, like my brother's been caddying for me out here. And, he's become like a world-class caddy over the last year and a half, two years. And like, I thought that was cool just to like kind of have the wherewithal to be up at the podium and just call him out and say, Hey, like, you know, like you're doing an awesome freaking job and you're a big part of my success. So I thought that was a cool, cool moment from them. That's awesome. Yeah. Let me be the 859th person to say like very easy duo to root for. Yeah. I don't wish they would have got some TV time, but we'll we'll take that comment oh, elsewhere. God. Yeah, so we we'll get we can get there in a second. Padraig Harrington mentioned that, but that's fucking ridiculous. The Ryder Cup captain finished T four. Did I hear beat his whole team? Did, <laughs> did I hear uh, he hadn't made a cut at a major in like five years or something like that? That would not surprise me. Yeah, um, I mean it's just crazy. And Shane Lowry finished in T four as well, yeah. which I didn't I didn't have appreciation for that as it was happening for for reasons that i would not say are my fault but uh, um, gotta gotta give a shout out to ricky as well oh my god you know we said this last night and again I'll, I'll put my hand up as someone who probably didn't really get you know probably didn't grasp the nuance of the special invitation and was a little upset until i realized how many guys get special invitations yada 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 but you know kind of repeating what i said yesterday like he 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 still had that swimming around his head, right? I mean, it, it was talked about on TV. It was talked about everywhere. I'm sure he was asked about it. Like, and then he steps up and I think his first top 10 since like January of 2020 or something like that. I mean, good for him. As we've said yeah. many, many times, golf is 
not fun. Not as fun when Ricky's playing bad. Good for he him. He got back to the orange orange shirt and orange belt. Exactly. Think, and right? orange he glove to today, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You're I, correct, uh, Patrick. Say, sorry, Patrick had not made a cut since the 2016 PGA Championship, which didn't happen actually. So the 2016 <laughs> Open Championship. <laughs> we got to do a, a deep dive on Patrick's career. Like, yeah. what a fascinating, just underrated player. Uh, Deej, I think you're burying the lead here. Big day from Team Rose. Huge day 67. from Team Rose. I know. I've, I was planning a whole separate podcast about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a, a whole Monday debrief about Team Rose's win. I'm, I'll be on the Team Rose. Stacked. I'll be on the Team Rose podcast this week. If you'd give me, uh, honest Abe, Justin Rose, Morikawa, Rom, Zalatoris, and Smoking Scotty, and Big Tone. If I would Ricky not, too. I would not have passed the. Uh, hey, did Scotty Scheffler make the cut or top ten this week? I would not have passed that test because I would have got. So yeah. he probably missed the cut. I think yeah. missed yeah. that one. Um, what else? Anything else? Uh, can we do coverage? Is it, are we, are we, are we, I mean, it's just a commercial disgrace. I don't really have much more to add on other than that, but it was worse than well, usual. So you guys were saying like, all right, we've got how much longer, you know, of the PGA. And I was trying to think, all right, you know, the PGA, they signed this contract and all that, but on some level, it's the PGA tour that normalizes this every week, right? Like we're so desensitized to it that the PGA that the PGA of America can get away with this commercial load with signing this up and really not have much blowback. Cause yo, just look at what the PGA tour is doing every yeah. week. It's not any different, you know? Yeah. So I, I, w- I wish I knew the sequence of events of like who weasels this in there, right? Does CBS request this many commercials per hour and like get that in the contract and PGA of America doesn't review it close enough and lets it happen. Or does PGA of America tell them you can have this much and they'll take like something. It is clearly the worst covered uh, you know, worst network television broadcast of a major, right? Yeah. And uh, why would you want to have your brand associated with that if you're the PGA of America? Like that is it. And then what's such a shame is the ESPN and ESPN plus stuff is so freaking good. And the commercial yeah. load on that, I know it's a premium product and a subscription product and you pay for it, but the commercial load is I, I, I was peeing in bottles practically the early <laughs> part of the week. Like I couldn't get up from my desk. I showered at 2 PM whenever the television broadcast came on. Cause I didn't have a chance to get up cause it was that good. And it just... You could take breaks, even, man. I, no, I don't know what you kind can. of work, workplace culture we're creating. Every time something... Bryson would punch a fan the second I took a break. That's what would happen, all right? I watched... Like the feature group stuff, even on like ESPN Plus, was like wall-to-wall golf today. Versus, and then you flip on yeah. CBS. And like, and CBS, like they... You know, I'll give them credit too. Like, seller shy. Like, they've they've raised their game as far as the actual production and the, that's what I was going to say too. And the cameras Dude, and the drones and the really limp shots and all that stuff. Yeah, they're just like they're just incapable of showing enough guys because they don't because they don't have the wherewithal to show enough golf shots to where like I just don't think like they have the you're, time. You're no, you're getting no preview of like when Sung J M or Higgs or uh, Zalatoris or you know, Abe answer or Shane Lowry, anybody is like coming in three, four holes ahead. And you kind of get that little preview of what's to come of like, Hey, here's us introducing you to the eighth green today or yeah. the 13th green today. You don't get that at all. And then they just abruptly show up there when the leaders hit it, you know? And it's just, uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, not to give them a pass, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff they could trim, but it, it's like, yeah, they just don't have the time. Like they have so many, it's yeah. so many commercials. They can't do any of that stuff because then they're shortchanging, you know, really developing the, the Phil story, which is what everybody is tuned in to watch. And so it's like, it's just not good, man. It's, it's a 
bad situation. Somebody's got to answer for that, though, right? I mean, it can't like, just be like, well, they have that many commercials. This is totally, totally anecdotal, I realize. Or at least I thought it was anecdotal until I tweeted something about it, and like a bazillion people were like, yeah, the same exact situation just happened to me. But I was watching with my wife, Justine, today, and like she's totally in. She totally grasps, like, oh, my God, Phil could actually win. This is crazy. And we're watching the first couple holes, and she literally... Totally unprompted. I was not saying anything about the telecast. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Like it, it was not, it was nothing. She just goes, man, like I would love quote. I would love to keep watching this with you. I would totally keep watching this with you. But like, I, I'm not doing these commercials. Like I can't, I can't do this. Like I'm just going to go outside and read a book instead. And it's like, dude, that's like, boom, <laughs> that's the tiebreaker for people. Well, like, it's like, ESPN let me flip even, on golf and see what this is like. And oh my God, this ESPN is miserable. even figured out a way to like, they had the little, you know, uh, virtual billboards up on the course or like they figured out a way to monetize, you know, live golf action, not going to commercial. Right. And yeah. CBS just hasn't, you know, and like this was the closest that they've had to the tiger playbook. We're like, yo, the only thing that you have, you just got to show all tiger shots. Right. It was like today, you just got to show all fill shots. And then like the rest is kind of window dressing. And if it goes off the rails, then we'll figure that out. But like, that's the only thing we got to make sure we check today. Yeah. It's just showing all fill shots. And it's just super hard though, when you have these great moments, great energy, great flow, and you can set up drama by following the guy to the next shot, walking with him in the fairway, giving commentary. But like after, it seemed like after every big moment, oh. it was Peyton Manning GIF. It was like, no, 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 no. Everybody calm down at home. Like we're going to do commercials now and we'll come back <laughs> maybe in time. Probably don't, not don't, in time. Don't get too into it. Do not get into it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Terminator Golf in the coverage is saying NBC is going to blow the U.S. Open coverage. Like, Fortunately for NBC, I, I believe if they did their own contract, they probably would have screwed it up. But they took over the Fox contract, and the Fox contract looks different in terms of commercial load, and it requires, you know, the last blah 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 to be commercial free on on Sundays. And yeah, that this was not, and that was it. It just like I said, we've said many times, like just having the same announcer crew just makes it feel like a PGA Tour week, and it it that is holding. It held the, the drama back today. I would definitely say. Sally, as I, I, at three twenty-seven, you said, "Oh, good, good time for a breather." I think that was after like the you know like fourth or fifth hole. I think that was when <laughs> Phil holed out probably from on, yeah. on five. Yeah, and I was like, "All right, like let's you know what we're gonna take a commercial break to sap any bit of momentum we have out of this. We're gonna start from scratch in yep. three minutes, guys." So, anyways, that's coverage takes for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anything else we're missing from the week? TC, you haven't been able to be on the rest of the week. Anything else from from uh, Kiowa takes? What did you think of how the golf course played this week? I thought it played great, man. It's like, you know, it's not my favorite place. It's not my favorite course. It's, um, but I love watching the pros play it. It, it. And I think, you know, like between the, between the sunsets and the drone shots and ESPN and, um, uh, you know, just the, the topsy turvy. It was a little terroristy there the first day and a <laughs> half or so. Um, but kind of the topsy turviness of, of the guys that were involved in the leaderboard, you know, uh, like Joaquin and Sungjae. Like, like there, there were quite a few guys that were kind of just outside the mix that were trying to climb up. Morikawa played well today. Um, I loved it, man. I thought it was, I thought it was a, phenomenal major venue and and i think i i probably owe kiowa mea culpa as far as like it's just a it's just a great place to watch golf on tv 
I think like, I wouldn't want to be out there as a, as a fan. Um, and it sounded like, you know, the fans probably like it was what, 10 bucks for a water, 15 mm. bucks for a beer, you know, like the whole just, ocean's right there. They could have, this <laughs> water's a lot cheaper than that. I, so, you know, so, so far out to walk to four or five and all that. And it's, but it's like, man, it's, it's a great, great course to watch on TV. I never, ever want to step foot there again. <laughs> I'd, I'd give it an well, eight. Why do you, let me unpack that a little bit because I, I feel a little bit of the same, but I can go into why I mean, but like, why, why do you say that? Like, just because it's, it's extremely, extremely hard for, mortals is, yeah. is how, why I yeah, feel that way, but I want to clarify of, why you mean that. I mean, it's just like the way that, you know, it's like the three, three or four holes out and then you're playing six or seven in a row with the same wind and you're just getting beat down and all that. I, I don't know. I just, and like, you got the no CMs, you got the sand, you got <laughs> every it's, it's die. Right. So there's all sorts of mental trick, mental gymnastics going on, visual gymnastics going on out there. And you know, I just think, I don't know, like, it's just, it's like the hardest fucking resort course in America, yeah. right? Like there's just, it, you know, it's a six hour round. It costs an ungodly amount of money. The resort is like the most vanilla place I've ever been ever. But, and you know, and then like, it's just, it's just not my cup of tea. It's a big ballpark. It's long, you know, it's just, it's super spread out over the, over the whole thing. But like, man, like when I'm watching it on TV, I'm like, this is sick. This yeah. is awesome. You know? So, no, I, I totally feel the same way. I just, you know, a lot of people go there. A lot of people have a great time. A lot of people probably have trips planned. And I, I think at least from my experience, I've only been there once the same day as both of you guys. But like the biggest thing I could, I would scream from the top of the mountaintops. And actually somebody said this, would you say the same stuff about Whistling Straits? And I would could, like, ditto, like this, this goes for both places is like, play the right tees. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, play the right tees and play less yardage than you think you probably need, right? Like we played it at like what, 6,000 yards? We played it like up. Like 6,100. Or 61 yeah. or 62 yeah. or something. It was it like, yeah. But we had a great time, like golf wise. You know what I mean? Like it was so much more fun than playing another set of tees back because, like, <laughs> I mean, of course I wasn't going to play it all the way back, but like I, I was texting Harry Higgs this week and was just asking, like, what's the you know, how hard is it really? What's going on? And like, essentially like he and I have, have played together a couple of times. Like, like, what would I shoot out there right now? And he's like, there's no way you would break 105. Like there's absolutely no way. And the reason is because of like all the force carries, like you would, he's like some of those holes into the wind. He's like, we, me and the guys in my groups are hitting it 260. Like we're flying it 255, 260. Like you would hit it 210 yards 205 like you wouldn't clear any of the shit and like that goes for so many resort guests like play the right tees and take so much of that shit out of play because it It, does not make the place any more fun like i don't want to dissuade like go there once like it's it makes a lot more sense when you've been there and all that but also like there's there's a hole or two on the back nine where i remember hitting the tee and it's kind of it's one of those forced carries and there's a bunch of tall grass there and like I'm like they're like where's the fucking fairway <laughs> right like, it's like it's not out there yeah. right it's it very much a i would like to play there because the pros play there because it's held big yeah. tournaments right if there, if there was no big tournaments it, held there i wouldn't be like oh i gotta get to that course a th- hard-ass course on the ocean that does not sound that fun to be honest no but, but it made but it today like doesn't yeah it made it today so like, much more fun for me i think also like because like we were texting each other all week like oh god neil you know Solly brooks is right where you were on nine like he's in the same spot and he just hit the green you know it, like it I is think, cool to build which context is sweet like i agree yeah 
I think what also makes it tough, tough for like higher handicaps and like resort guests is like, you can't play the ball on the ground. Right. You have to fly it everywhere. Yeah. So like if you, if you skull one or if you, if you kind of hit one a little bit thin, like it's going to get caught up in the grass and you're going to have to hit that other shot. You're not, you can't use the slopes in there and all that, you know? That's where I think I'd give Q uh, like an 8.5 out of 10 as a tournament, you know, course, just because to that point, not being able to play run up shots. And I, I just don't love the way pass Palum grass plays bounce wise. Like it just doesn't, yeah. I, 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 they, you know, they moved the tee up on three today and it was dead downwind. And like for a, a Daniel Berger hit eight iron off the tee. And like for a second, I was like, Oh shit, this could be sick. Like if you, if you, if you are hitting it, you know, if you get green side, can you not hold the green downwind? Is that why somebody's laying up? It ended up not being the case because there's enough softness in the past palum where you could chip up very easily from the front right of the green and get it close. And like, unless you're Phil, unless you're Phil, but some, some of the golf courses that, you know, require these run up shots or require you to play these angles. A lot of us open courses that they've gotten really firm require, like you follow a certain protocol. So you make sure you don't get out of position green side, like over behind a bunker to a green you can't hold. And there's, there's none of that there. Like you could hold these greens with a flop shot from almost any lie. And there's still spots. Like I think, I think there's, it's it's definitely like that, and Phil talked about it a little bit. I think on Friday in his presser, he's like the greens are the greens are soft, like they're yeah. watering the greens, and and you can you can you can spin it and you can stop shots on there. I think the the one thing is like you can get yourself out of position, but that's just die getting you out of position. And there's there's a mound there. There's there's like a ton of rough on a bank, and you can't hit it into the bank and try to kill it. Like you have to fly it all the way up and all that. So I I don't know. It's just a it's such an interesting course to watch when you've, when you've seen guys play at crooked stick or, you know, TPC West or TPC sawgrass or uh, you know, any of those places or like Harbor town, for instance, where it's like, yeah, there's, there's like a very prescribed uh, there's, there's, it's much more about the firmness of the greens and being short-sighted. Whereas this is like, I feel like those mounds and those, those spots are even built up even higher to kind of accentuate that. Cause you're not getting it on the greens. Someone, someone in the comments kind of pointed out, uh, how helpful those the CBS target lines were. Yes, I, I feel like I haven't great. seen a ton of those, but like that is Pete Dye in a nutshell, right? Is like, yeah. yo, the T box is pointing this way, but actually you want to hit it over there, and it's just all weird visual crazy stuff. And to have that, and then honestly to see how close Phil was hitting it to that yeah. target line constantly was uh, that was awesome. That was a, that's a positive I'll coverage. Also say state. too, just like watching on TV, it was a big. I really, really struggled out there. There was, I had no frame of reference on the horizon, right? Especially as you're going like six through 12, kind of going south down the coast or, you know, southwest down the coast there, where like I had no frame of reference. There's a water tower four miles, you know, down the beach, and you're trying to use that as like an aiming point. Whereas having those CBS TV towers, there you, you actually have something to work the ball off of or a start line or something like that. I thought that was that was an interesting thing. It was like something to break up the horizon a little bit. And on the positive coverage take front, like I felt like they made me feel like I was there a lot of the week. The drone shots, the aerials, the blimp stuff, like it this they gave so like I, I was like, yeah, they gave you like yeah. it, there's a reason why you would go to a seaside place for a tournament and it's for visuals like that. And they delivered on yeah. that front. So that that for that reason, that's something I don't think they were capable of in 2012, probably in the same way. Um, yeah. We also haven't talked Ustazen, I don't think I think we kind of brushed past Louie. Um, 
Put it on the list. Number five, runner-up, uh, joins DJ and Monty with five runner-ups in majors, uh, circling back for yet another one with the PGA on top of his Grand Slam he's already won. Um, the second trip around. DJ felt at no point did you ever feel threatened by Louie, but no, he's a I'm double just, bogey on 13 away from being right there. Yeah, yeah. it's just, dude, I don't know. Yeah. There were there were whiffs of of Fino. Every time it got close, there was a nice a missed six footer. There was a you know hitting in the wrong spot. It was just uh, you know seen the movie quite a few times here. And I, hopefully, like he seems like an awesome guy, and I really like rooting for him. I obviously love his game, but I don't know, man. It's tough. Like the, uh, the much smaller tournament, obviously, but like the the tee shot in the playoff at Zurich, like that didn't help, man. Like that that spoke kind of some volumes like yo just that was like the dj pie film room like there's there's one place on this golf course you can't <laughs> hit it right now man like just don't block it into the water and uh i, I don't know that just no thanks it's just not he, not my he, thing he had one of the most apathetic up and downs on nine today he was you know he was like 75 80 feet off the green in front of you know kind of front knob guarding the pin there and it's like kind of a nasty spot and he just kind of walks up and like very disinterested like <laughs> just hits like five feet and then makes the putt and then just knowing that like that guy is the he like i guess statistically he's like what the best putter on the pga tour this year no, i think they or said he, i think they said he was like he was? I, I think i i would have to check i know this is all very look upable but I've, i heard that too i think uh ian baker finch was just referring a season where he he led the pga tour in strokes game putting. You know, i definitely don't like, think it's this I'm, season but I, I could be wrong. I'm hearing that, and then I'm like, wait, like the guy with that swing, yeah, is the, is the <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. What, how is this guy not winning everything? Right. He's you number know? one in strokes gained putting on the PJ Tour this year. Oh my god, over right, one take, per green. I take it back. But he's a hundred a hundredth in strokes gained off the tee and seventy eighth in strokes gained approach the green. But like he doesn't give a sh- he hasn't given a <laughs> shit yet, right? Like he's just on his tractor. I, like how he another guy though that just he and Brooks are like the two guys that get the only two guys I can think of off the top of my head that get like tangibly better and arrive when it comes major championship time. Yeah, yeah. Like his record is insane. It's cra- It's a true. I, he we covered him in the What If Guy podcast, right? I sure yeah, hope so because is. he is maybe one of the great What If guys of this generation of like us trying to figure out what the hell this but is it's just, yeah like it's like what if he gave a fuck right and i think that's where like i, I tweeted that earlier and andy said like well like if he gave a shit like he'd be devastated at all these runner-ups and i'm like no if he gave a shit he, he would win them <laughs> right like, that's what i was thinking three you know he's that good yeah second so. at the 2012 masters lost in a playoff um you know to bubba he t2 at the 2015 us open by a shot to spieth T2 at the 2015 Open Championship, uh, lost in a playoff there uh, to Zach Johnson. That's asterisk, yeah, the the spike mark tapping. And then uh, T2 at the 2017 PGA uh, to uh, Justin Thomas, and then T2 at this one with Brooks uh, to Phil Mickelson. Remember at Chambers Bay when he was like putting with looking at the hole from like 35 (laughs) feet away? And he shot like 29 on the back nine. And like Fox, that was Fox's first year. And they yeah. had no idea what they were doing. And they lo- they basically missed the whole thing. Tor- very quick. We don't have to do a lot of time on this, but I don't know if Chambers Bay is going to come up again. Tron, give us give us a couple sentences on Chambers Bay, which I know you saw for the first time this week. Resplendent, <laughs> life-affirming, ethereal. Uh, I, I thought it was at the, probably the most criminally underrated place I've ever played. Like I would put it up there with, 
virtually any, I would, I would put it up there with anything abandoned. Um, I put it up there with like, it was like castle Stewart West mm. basically in certain spots. I mean, it was, it was spectacular. I loved it. And the great, it was, it was in tip top shape for the four ball this week, which shout out to, uh, shout out to Joe Griner. Did they make uh, it? I was just gonna look it playing, up. Re- playing really well. Yeah. They're, uh, I just looked it up. They are T six right now. Mm. Uh, shot 64 at the home course and 67 at Chambers Bay today. So good stuff there. Yeah. Just a, just an excellent golf course. I loved it. So I'm, I'm just, you know, I didn't qualify for the four ball, so I'm, I'm not going to go, I'm never going to go play it. You know, it's kind of like the Stanley <laughs> not Cup. Till thing. Earn it, yeah, not till, not till, not till you earn it. Not till it's earned. It's earned, yeah. earned only. Um, now, now I, I will say Chambers Bay, like I can totally see like probably the worst place on the planet to watch a golf tournament. <laughs> like, was, I was there. I was there in 2015. It was, it was tough, man. It was <laughs> really, really, really tough. Cause like there's great you can't, place to play. Not, not great place. To well, and also just think about, yeah, we don't have to do a bunch of, although Kia was kind of similar where like, well, no, yeah. it's not there. There's a lot of chambers Bay that kind of like winds in itself. Right. And you yeah. couldn't like, you couldn't have fans on both sides of the hole. So a lot of the fans are just like all out on the perimeters. So you're, you, there's a lot of holes where it's just like, you couldn't see anything. Like you couldn't. It's like couldn't a big. It's like a big bathtub. Yeah, and you're exactly. kind of standing around the outside of the yeah. bathtub. Yeah. So, mm. um, what else we got? I think I'm taked out. That's a lot of pods. That's a lot of golf. That's the most golf I've ever watched in one week. Like I say it again. I say it again to the ESPN Uh, and CBS. Like we did not actually think you'd come up with 45 (laughs) hours of live coverage. We kind of just asked for it. We didn't actually want it. That's too much. I'm exhausted. Uh, I am excited for the Schwab this week, though. We're gonna DJ and are gonna go down for a couple days. Yeah, that'd be uh, great. Fort Worth. I'm excited for that. We gotta we gotta cap it on some Phil stuff. What I mean. It like makes me laugh at even like as I'm saying it out loud. Like considering Phil just won the PGA Championship, which is a crazy sentence. What uh, I mean, give me give me some highlights. What are what are some what are some you know favorite Phil moments? Like we always talk about, like this guy's been, you know, oh my god, he's been such a, a parody, such a cartoon character the last few years. Like give me give me some good stuff. What what's top of mind for you? I mean, he ran after a putt at Shinnecock. We didn't really talk about that. Like he, he, he claimed that was the right move too when he could have taken an unplayable and replayed his shot if he wanted to. Um, the coffee cup, just the fact that like he just yeah. carries around that dumbass coffee, like that big insulated coffee mug. The sunglasses, drinks- of course. Yeah. I mean, he's it, a lunatic. It's it just. <sighs> appreciation for again this is something we've talked about all week of like dialing up your best golf when you want it the most is something that i just watching people go through the cauldron of a major championship and at the same time like i know he hasn't done it in a while but i felt such i felt probably more trust than i was giving off in terms of like him with the lead and him playing in these last couple of rounds of like you know you don't have to wonder how he's going to handle it right he's been there so many times that it's not you know, it, there's almost no like, holy shit feeling for Phil, even if it has been a while. Yeah. That's something that doesn't go away. I can't imagine there can't be like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Right. I mean, when Tiger got the chance at Bell Reeve, he played awesome. And when he got the chance at the Masters, he played great down the stretch and won it 11 years after his last major. And Phil at the same time, like had not had success in majors. And when he had the chance, he played great. And I'll just I don't think we'll ever forget that. 50 years old, a PGA Tour Champions player just won a major in the most competitive era probably in golf history. The guy who was I in, don't think in the booth last year at the PGA. Just roasting like, Faldo. Getting ready Shitting for his TV Faldo. career. Yeah. Which, yeah. credit to Faldo, he did not 
he was not petty about any of that this week. I would have thought True. that Faldo would have just been throwing little jabs here and there, but he did. He took the high road entirely this week. That's what Twitter's for tonight. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll toss a couple <laughs> out there tonight. Let me know because I'm locked, so I won't. <laughs> I won't see any of it. But uh, uh, I think. I think. I think going back to Phil too. I think. A. I don't think this is the last. But like really, really, he may not win another one. I think he will, but. Um, I think this is like he's going to give us a few more tastes of 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 this, and then you think he's going to win another major? I think he's going to come if he doesn't. He's going to come really, really close. I, I truly believe he's going to win a so, Masters at like so 54. hard to win. I know, dude. I'm totally with <laughs> you, but like I'm I'm I've got LACC. I think he's primed for that place. Um, and then I, you know, I think there too. Like it's, and then he's going to just. With Phil, it's like he's so tantalizing. Like he hits, he does this stuff, and then he follows. He always follows it up with a, a missed five footer, or just tries to get too cute with something. And like it was so cool to actually see it come to fruition today. Like just, you know, feel, feel like holy shit, this is actually happening. And uh, we've got a good friend. I just want to give a quick uh, word. We got a good friend, Jim Hartzell. Um, lost his son uh, earlier this week, and his son was the son Jordan. Biggest Phil fan in the world. Like, and, and Jim was like, God, Tron, he just, you know, I, I could never get over all of Phil's bullshit. Like he just, all the bullshit, man. And I just, all these distractions, all this, all this extra shit that he does. And Jordan just loved it, man. And he would have loved this. He would have just, it was like the coolest thing for Jim today. So I just want to just smile on my face, just knowing that he's, he's there in Alabama happy. Seriously. So. That, that was well said. top of mind for me as well. And just, I think that was a, Oh man, yeah, that's gonna be a tough one to talk about. But the the fact that Phil fucking Mickelson won the week that 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 happened to Jim, like if it's it's, it's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. So, um, last thing I have, just because I, I feel like we we got to discuss it. If Phil goes and and do we need to talk about Saudi Arabia? Like, sure. He he literally might follow this up by like. Thanks for the memories, guys. Like, I'm going to go check out this Saudi Arabian golf tour uh, after this. And I, I kind of ended my, like, long Twitter thread about Phil with this. And it's like, does that matter? Check, check out these views of the Red Sea. <laughs> yeah. Check out the these views. Uh, does, it, does it matter? Does it not matter? Do we separate that from everything else that he's done? Is does it, this change anything? That, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, I, I just feels like something we need to discuss. It felt I like, like getting some pit money, right? At the very, I least. think he was going to get the pit money anyways. But it felt it like, yeah, like yeah, I, if, he would do some stupid bullshit yeah. to like <laughs> drum up, you know, some crazy, like he'd start his own version of Goop or something like that. <laughs> wouldn't that? Wouldn't him leaving make a lot more sense without having just won a major? You know, he's kind of riding off into the sunset a little bit, kind of doing all kinds of crazy shit, anyways. Hadn't really been that relevant for the last five years him going and playing like finishing out his career in Saudi Arabia for a ton of money would have made a lot more sense than now. Like dude, like the perfect, not book into your career, but like resurgence and this memorable moment. And like, we had this lasting memory of you doing this and you could go mess around for five more years and we wouldn't think of it any differently. Right. Whereas if he goes and does it now, I think it's like, dude, he's, that's going to be met with some blowback. I think something else that's probably pulling him back in. And I, you know, I don't know how this will shake out if the Saudi Arabia thing, comes to fruition phil does it or not you know antitrust and restraint of trade i don't know how this will work and all that i'm sure it'll be tied up at the courts but like the Ryder cup stuff right it's like if phil like phil being a Ryder cup captain at at say like beth page in 
2024. Yeah. You know, I didn't or, think about that. Was that 20? Yeah. It's, it's like or, 25 now. 25. Yeah. It's like, that's like, you know, that's going to be like the ultimate, like, I feel like Phil was like born to be a Ryder cup captain. Right. And if he's leaving that on the table, that's probably a, probably, you know, Hey, like how much is that worth? Phil, is that worth $5 million to you? Is that worth $10 million to you? Is no, literally 30, 30, like 30, like $30 million to and, me. Yeah. And yeah, I would exactly. have to think the price probably yeah. went up today, if anything. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, literally though, that's kind of the thing is like, Hey, would you rather be a Ryder cup captain? Or would you rather have $30 million? That Ryder cup, like, that's a decision. Not a lot of people have had to make that Ryder cup can't happen. Right. That's that thing is too dangerous. <laughs> Speaking of which we do need to do one final segment here. Yeah. This is, which is brought to you by our friends at BMW, of course, the spo- global sponsors. Are the standings updated? I'll go. I will check if they're updated, but they're global partners of the Ryder Cup, and they are partners of ours. And uh, this is this is a perfect segue into our Ryder Cup segment. I'm hearing some Ryder Phil for Ryder Cup chatter going on right now. Does this week change anything for you guys? I mean, he might make it on his own accord, right? He was 52nd coming into this week. Don't you get double double points? You do get double points for this. Or 1.5, I think, is what it is. Oh, man. So. He was 52nd. It doesn't look like they've got No, he gets double points. Two points per $1,000 earned, and he just earned. Like almost 2 million bucks? Um, he earned 2.16 million. So he, he earned 4,300 points, which would put so he's him. So into like top 20-ish. Yeah, he, that would put him uh, around Zalatoris. Yeah, just barely in the top 20. I'm not, man, I'm going with my, my head here more than my heart in that, uh, I'm not quite as bullish as Utron it that like, this is something that's going to continue. This really felt like a, a one-off crazy, like Jack in 86 week. And hey, I'm not saying it's going to continue this year. I'm saying it might continue in like three years. I, I think in, fit, like that, in right? fits and starts, yeah. like for sure. I, yeah. I, I do agree with yeah. that. And I agree. He's going to contend at the masters for a number of years, maybe not super regularly, but you know, it'll pop up. I think maybe a British open, like I, I could totally see yeah. that, but, uh, I just, man, I have every vision in my head of like, somehow he gets on this Ryder cup team and him playing so bad at whistling straight. That's what we, that's the lasting memory we have of 2018, which is a totally different golf course, yeah. but whistling straights, Pete Dye golf course on the, on the water, not really linksy. Play well, the ball in yeah. the air. It's going to be set up it, easy. It, if he bombs it and drives it super straight, like of course he'd be great to have on the team. I just, when, man, that feels like a big if. When we started the segment, I was so out that like <laughs> when it's six, literally sixty seconds ago, I was out on this, and I think I've talked myself into it. I think <laughs> they're not going to have any rough. It's going to be they bomb it far, find it, and wedge it, and make a lot of birdies. And that guy does those things pretty well. Um, I, I don't think it's necessary though. That's the, the, that's what I keep coming back to on all these like talking about Reed and talking about Phil for these things. Like you have so much depth, you don't need to take a big risk like that. That's what I was going to say. Is the only uh, way I could see it would be if the PJ of America puts their thumb on the scale as far as like we people love Phil. We need to have Phil there and like check it out. The U.S. team's already like way deeper, anyways. Like you can afford to have Phil on the team. Come on, take one for the team. Uh, but outside of that, like I just. If you're sitting here and it's like, man, do you do you think you have a better chance to win? What is it? Three months from now, four months from now, uh, with Phil Mickelson playing whistling straights, like that that doesn't sound like a great proposition to me. Man. It's it's interesting. I think there's a couple. Uh, you've got be a decent weekend from P. Uh, P shot uh, P shot sixty nine seventy. Get into a tie. Uh, 
T17. T17 there. Finau, T8. Like, I feel like the guys that are kind of on that six, seven, eight, nine bubble all played well. Kepka is sixth. He played well. Reed, Finau, uh, Morikawa is fourth. Like, all those guys just, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's going to get pretty, um, it's going to get pretty definite, like who the who the top four or five guys are, and then it's going to be a total free for all in the captain's pick stuff. It's a good good question from from Frank Allen in the comments there. If it's between Phil or Zalatoris, hmm. Zalatoris, we got to start yeah, thinking about the future at some point. That's kind of where I'm at, right? I mean, Sully, you've been saying that for like six years, though. <laughs> they never, they never do. Right? They never do. But I'm saying at some point we do need to start thinking about this. This would seem to be a good place to do it. I but. think for for content and for entertainment purposes, I think Phil should 100% be on the team. As should yes. Tiger if he can even stand up. But uh, for like picking the best team, like I don't know, it feels like a stretch. Yeah. Well, I feel like Tiger needs a, a jacked up, like lifted up, uh, one of those cart. big carts. Big cart. Right? That'd be interesting. Like give give him something totally macked out, like not not your standard fair assistant captain stuff. Like let let Tiger really really be just comfortable there. <laughs> if we're if if we're talking about building the best team. We're gonna to have to have the DJ conversation at some point. I'm just, I'm just saying that. That's why. At some point, we're gonna to have to have that conversation. Is he, is he hurt? Like, what's, what's the deal? Don't ask me if I'm hurt, dog. I don't know. I hope so. I guess I, I'd rather him be hurt and recoverable than this be that big of a dip in play. But what was the stat? First, first world number one to miss two consecutive major cuts since like Greg Norman, I think. Yeah, and he's. That's what is crazy about locking in the points. You know, I mean, it was probably it would take a you know several months of bad play to really actually have this conversation, which I'm, it's very premature to have it. But he like can't play his way off of him. So what happens if he's not healthy and goes the rest of the yeah. year without playing good and he's going to be a lock for the team? So honestly, though, like I mean, if there's one guy that you need to take one for the team, DJ, be like, like, yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> if, if, if you told DJ like, "Yo, dude, we don't need you in Wisconsin," be like, like yeah, "Sick, it's fine." <laughs> I had plans that weekend anyway. So. Yeah. 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 So. No big moves on the European side. Like, Rom, Rom finished high. Um, to, like, uh, the Padre was, was, was the high, high finisher for the European side, and he's the captain. Confusing so. week for the European side, you know, with, you know, how well they, had, they finished in 2012. They were all over that leaderboard. And then this, this week, other than, other than Team Rose, uh, no one really in the, in the top 10 there. Paul Casey, too. So, and Lowry, of course. Yeah. Okay. That was a bad take on my end. But <laughs> Listen. It, it, that, I, again, I blame the coverage for that because I kind of <laughs> lost track of, the, of, of those, admittedly. So that means I'm, I think I'm wrapped. I, I'm, I'm taked out. That's a, that's a week of takes right there. That's I'm all, that's all we got. Sully, do you, do you need to apologize to Chan Kim? Sure. What do, I need, what do I owe him an apology for? Yeah, manipulation? He, he, finished, he finished T23, T shot 67 oh, today. That's on you, Sully. Good, good he manipulated his way into the field and, <laughs> and you know played well. Didn't so. see didn't see many other manipulators that were too high up on the leaderboard. That's all. That's all I can note. I wonder why that might be. So um, no, I mean I, I guess parting thought for me was like going back to Friday. Like I was I, I watched most of the, like I didn't hear really anything. I watched most of it in like you know on TVs that were muted or on an airplane or stuff like that. And like watching the cut line on Friday afternoon, watching those, like watching ESPN cover that and then cover Brooks going to the range and doing interviews and SVP and Duvall up there. Like that was some of the best 
like Friday afternoon was some of the best golf viewing I've, I've seen. And, and none of the leaders were even on the course, like watching Chan Kim and, um, God, I'm trying to think who else was trying to like grind to make the cut. Um, uh, Denny McCarthy, Eric Van Royen. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. It was awesome. So more of that ESPN. I know like, ESPN was great. They were, the, they were the MVP of the week. I think. ESPN was really good. Um, just to they again, made it feel like a major. Um, this is the first time I think anyone's ever asked us for more speed takes. We kind of didn't talk any speed today, but I think we talked plenty of speed. We have, week. we've given that plenty yeah. of run. It, it was not happening today. Didn't work out. Uh, so close though. Just had a couple more lip in. We, he would have really would have been right there, but just not, not quite our good, week. It's a good look for, for the British open. I yeah. think, I think St. George is going to be, going to be primo for him. A lot of blind shots and just kind of funky. Let's get some, get some putting going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, boys. All right. I think that's it. Thanks everyone for a really fun major week. Very memorable major. Um, one I, I hope we don't move on to, uh, from too quickly. If, if things go as planned, we'll have another podcast out Tuesday uh, with a very interesting guest. It won't be not Phil. I'm not trying to overhype it, but uh, someone with potentially some very interesting perspective on uh, on on what ha- what unfolded this past week. So hope to record that tomorrow, and uh, we will see you guys again soon. Thanks everyone for the live show comments and all that. It's a lot of fun to do these shows, and it's crazy dream to do this job. So thanks everyone for uh, everything this week. Cheers, Amen. cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect.